0: You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. On the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. serving Calgary in southern Alberta since 1992. Visit dlbasementsystems.com for everything basementy. Bottom of the hour, the number one segment in Canadian radio, Brody on the Beat followed by the snow show. We'll talk, we'll tell you about a gross meatball. Uh, we're also telling you, uh, we're also taking your text messages, 960-960. How invested are you in the Toronto Blue Jays as a Calgarian? 960-960 naming location. But right now, our Sportsnet 960 NHL insider, Frank Cervalli, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Frank, good morning. How are you? I am good. What are you guys up to? Uh we're uh we're excited. It's opening day in baseball. I know you're a Phillies oh. guy and you're pumped up. W- what's the vibe like in that city today as the Phillies uh on embark on potentially, you know, good season for them.
1: Yeah, everyone's jacked up. I think watching Trey Turner in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, it's like is this guy underpaid at 300 million? How does that work? Yeah. Uh I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but um. Yeah. Aside from the injury to Reese Hoskins, everyone's excited. And for whatever reason, I, I was looking through the Athletic Power Rankings to start the year. They had the Phillies in the seventh spot, and I was like, "Oh, so disappointing." But it's part of it's their division. The Braves, I think, were two. The Mets were five,
0: and then the Jays were right behind the Phillies at number eight. Uh. uh yeah. Again, it's uh super interesting. Uh. Jays probably. Difficulty is probably the same, I'd say, in the divisions because um, yes. the Marlins, uh, I, don't, I don't know, they also have Sandy Alcantara, who's really good, but the Marlins, good team, like tough, Once tough division. Days. Yeah, tough.
1: Do you buy into the idea that because those teams play in a hard division now that the schedule is readjusted and you will face all 30 teams for the first time ever, that it's going to make for better records for those teams?
0: In, in yeah, the, I, really good division? I do. Uh, I I think because you don't have to play in in the Blue Jays' case, you don't have to play the Yankees fifteen times now. Yeah, like if you're if you're the Phillies, you don't have to play uh, the Braves fifteen times now. I th- I think that's going to be good. And you know what it is, too, Frank. And we're going to talk a ton of NHL with you. I'm just really surprised on how baseball was always you know stuck in their ways, and they always talked about how it the traditional uh, baseball way. But getting doing the pitch clock, uh, getting rid of the shift the bigger bases to maybe have, it's a safety thing, but also promote more stolen bases, a balanced schedule. I think the NHL can learn a thing or two of what Major League Baseball is doing to just try to appease a younger uh, younger demographic. I really like what baseball's done.
1: How could you not? I mean, so I take my kid to games. I have a, a season ticket pack, and he's eight. And it's just when you get to three hours and forty minutes yeah. to a game on a school night, like Oof. who? No, who? He, his attention span. It's like first off, it's like an ant anyway. Thanks to uh, thanks yeah. to the iPad and everything else. But three hours and forty like, are you kidding? Yeah, it's not. It's not possible to consume that much in one sitting. Um. As much as I enjoy it, I, I get a little tired of it. It's just the games were way too long. I'm hoping the pitch clock does a real good job of speeding that up. I saw the average uh, spring training game was shortened by 26
0: minutes. That's insane. That's and, huge. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, the NHL is just so it's too complacent. And it's not even rooted in traditionalism, which baseball has a way better argument, the fact that some teams date back to 1886, for crying out loud. But it, it's also, you know, they they watched and saw from a business perspective, hey, we're losing our grip. We need to get in with the next generation of fans or there's going to be an entire swath of people that grow up that aren't baseball fans. And what happens when all the old-timey baseball fans start dying off? Yeah. It's happening.
0: Yep. It, it absolutely is. I think the average... It
1: background noise.
0: Yeah, the average age of uh, baseball fans was in their 50s. I think even last year that was the case. And again, hey, I, I love the changes, and there's just more action, and that's uh, good for everyone. Just real quick, too, isn't it insane that Bryce Harper's, like, 30 and he's entering his 11th year? How is that even possible?
1: It's. I was actually thinking about this on a way lesser scale, but with Ryan Nugent Hopkins yesterday. Okay. So, like he's 29, same idea, and he's been in the league 11 years. Yeah, he's seen some things in Edmonton and and Bryce Harper, obviously different star power, both number one overall picks, um, on some really bad Edmonton teams. Bryce was on some really bad Washington teams. Um, and here here is Ryan Nugent Hopkins about to hit a 100 points for the first time in his career, kind of out of the clear blue sky. Yep. Like his previous best pace was still under a point per game. And there's like eight games left in the season. And he's got 96. Like this season, I can't think of a player who at the age of 29 has made such a giant leap forward in one year uh, to do something that he's never done. But like, you, like old dogs don't learn new tricks in the NHL. It's not how
0: it works. Um, Frank, a lot of conversation uh, surrounding the head coach of the Calgary Flames lately. But if this team ultimately does get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, and heaven forbid, wins a round, you gotta bring him back, right? Uh, how tough is that case to maybe not bring Daryl Sutter back if he gets this team into the playoffs and maybe wins a round?
1: Well, first off, you're asking like an incredible hypothetical question, in right? The sense that, I, I, I love, but, your, but it's realistic. Yeah, it's it's plausible. That's for sure. Yeah, that's like saying like I don't know if my dog was my aunt and my grandfather was so like I mean I <laughs> wonder like like the Flames they have if not for the Jets absolutely dropping the ball. Yeah, the Flames should have been out weeks ago, and even with the Jets dropping the ball, I still don't like. Are the Flames kicking the door down to get in? I guess we'll have an answer in a couple of days. Yep. However, even if that were to play out, yep. even if the, the Flames were to win, get in the playoffs, and then win, or like who, first off, who are they beating in round one? That, we, that would be something.
0: We, we talked about it. Maybe they play the Wild. Maybe they play the Golden Knights. They got a puncher's chance oh, in those series. The
1: Wild, who are 16, 4 and 1 in
0: their last yes. 21 games. Like, I'm saying puncher's chance. I'm not saying they'd be favored. I'm saying puncher's chance. I'm just enjoying the exercise, to be honest. No problem. Uh-oh. Like, but but again, pretending like the Wilder. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Frank. I I don't take them that seriously. I don't view the Minnesota Wild as a legitimate Stanley Cup contender.
1: It Could also be the Abs. Like the Abs could win the West, and and they play the the eighth seed. They could. There you go. And That's your proverbial waste of ADs Yeah. This time around, given mm-hmm. how well that team has played lately.
0: Right. But that Uh, win was big last night for Minnesota and Denver. Anyway, continue. Sorry.
1: Yes. So let's, yeah, let's get back to the exercise. I don't like, I, I, I know even, okay. This is the easiest way to boil it down. Even with the extension that Daryl Sutter has signed that includes next season and beyond, I, the way this year has played out for everyone involved. And I don't mean just from a results perspective, like, you like regardless of results i i find it to be uh, i find it to have a hard path for him to come back as head coach next season
0: mm. that's super interesting um if if he can we agree though and, and and i and i do i do agree with what you said that maybe this team should have been out of it weeks ago but we can also agree that this team's a lot better than maybe it showed on paper or i would agree Yeah, and and standings-wise, and it just hasn't meshed, and you only have one guy with a career year on the team, and that's Tyler Toffoli, and maybe Rasmus Anderson to a lesser extent. But this team is underachieved uh, big time, and I think they're a lot better than they've shown. And if they get into the playoffs in the way Jacob Marstrom's playing, who knows, Frank, because outside of maybe playing the Avalanche, like I said, puncher's chance for the Calgary Flames in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, like, again, so many things would need to go right. Sure this team would actually need to develop some confidence. Yep. They would need to have Markstrom play extremely well. Like, a lot of things would have to happen. I just... I could see them getting in because the Winnipeg Jets have opened up the door, and and the funny part about all of this chatter is that the Preds are actually in in arguably a better spot to get in um, with their points percentage and games in hand than the Flames, um, which is wild to think about given the pieces that they've sold off. And I think they're nine, six, and two since they began trading away their guys. Yeah. How many nine, six, and two runs have the Flames had all year?
0: Yeah. Maybe one? Uh, I was mentioned this earlier in the week. To me, it feels as simple as this. Whoever has the the best eight games between Saros, Hellebuck, and Markstrom, their team probably gets in.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing about what's happened in Winnipeg is the Jets, their issues don't really have anything to do with Connor Hallebach. So they had a really poor stretch, a 10-game run where they allowed 38 goals, and their defense has struggled. And I don't mean defensemen, I mean team defense. They struggled to defend. Like, how many backdoor tap are we going to see? But you look at these last games here, I think seven games, they've been shut out three times. Their offense has gone dry. Uh, Scheifele, no goals in nine games. Wheeler, no goals in 21 games. It's basically Adam Lowry and Nikolai Ehlers in these last five, seven, ten games that have, you know, held up their end of the bargain and that's it. And they've their last seven games, they've outshot their opponents by 55 shots. Most of their underlying metrics, almost everything looks good, but they can't score and they can't win now.
0: What did you make of the Rick Bonus's comments after the last loss? And really, the, the comments that he's been making after every loss of late, the they, the tone hasn't changed.
1: No, it hasn't, and I think that's why you see him react publicly. When he goes back to the, the coach's office, he's probably banging his head against the wall. Like, it's the same thing after every game. And it's interesting that he feels like it comes down to an effort thing. Yeah. Like, so compare that to the comments. Okay, so the the Panthers, have they yes. finally won, but they'd lost four straight. And, like, even losing to the Sens the other day, Paul Maurice is like, this effort was phenomenal. Like, you couldn't be happier. And you're like, what? What is happening? Yeah. But that's... It's not, an, it's not an effort thing in Florida, he's saying, but it feels like in, in Winnipeg with what you're getting for Rick Bonus, the, the quote, the money quote was, if these guys think that they're emptying the tank, they're dreaming. Yikes. What? Yikes. Woof. Yeah,
0: Buzz's girlfriend, woof. Uh, nice. Um, uh, I, like, the thing for me there, too, is, okay, in the offseason, what did you do? You stripped Blake Wheeler of the C, and you brought in Rick Bonus. And as much as we all love what Rick Bonus is, I don't know if it was going to be enough to put this team over the top because it always felt like this was kind of a chemistry, personality type of issue in Winnipeg going back to last year.
1: Yeah, I agree, and, and I think that's to bring it back to Calgary. What's interesting is the thought process is, and again, I don't know who is going to be the next – coach i don't know who's going to be the next gm it may be Daryl sutter is back it may be that brad tree living is back i have a hard time believing that both will be back uh, there's a possibility that neither could be back i think that's a real possibility yeah um but that's sort of the thought process that has tied this jets you know core and and the reboot of it to the flames is that because they've underachieved so greatly this year and everyone for the most part believes that the the group that's assembled on paper is better than the results that they've shown, that you're probably not going to see a lot of change from the Flames roster year over year, again, unless something drastic happens off the ice and they want to put their own stamp on it. Contractually, there's not a lot of wiggle room, not a lot of places to go for the for the Flames, and, and there are similarities to Winnipeg.
0: Frank Saravali, our Sportsnet 960 The Fan, NHL insider, brought to you by South Trail. Chrysler, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Um, I know you mentioned that maybe Daryl's not back, maybe Tree's not back. Then who's the replacement for Daryl and potentially Tree here, in your opinion? I have no idea. Internally, externally? Could be both. Is Mike Feuda a name that would interest you?
1: I haven't heard that like I could envision a world in which Craig Conroy's in charge. I could envision a world in which Kirk Muller's in charge like go through the 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 organization like there's always a path always a possibility to promote from within and and clearly there also exists if if there are changes the possibility that um, that others from the outside are brought in to help shake it up.
0: Bob Murray a name that potentially could be there too?
1: I have heard uh, some chatter about Bob Murray and what is that next, you know, sort of iteration look like of oh. his career. Um, I, I think maybe not even just connected to Calgary. I think people are curious in general, is Bob Murray going to get another crack?
0: Would you see Ryan Huska as a head coaching candidate, not necessarily with the Flames, but maybe anywhere else? Because, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a name that has been included in some short lists or conversations I I don't know so like there was some I think erroneous reporting going back to last year I remember there was a report that Ryan Huska was going to be the next head coach of the Chicago Hawks. like they they didn't even interview him which was the craziest part about that so I don't know if that sort of became a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that like has he been included in other reporting and shortlists because people think that he was close or however that worked? Uh, I do think that he's, you know, certainly a name that teams are keeping an eye on as they watch, you know, everything develop.
0: Uh, when it comes to Daryl Sutter, are we sure the ownership would even make a change just based on the amount of money that's left on his contract? Because uh, what I've gleaned being here in Calgary these last few months is uh, ownership, generally doesn't like to do those types of things and throw away money like that. Uh, That's a big question, I think. And then the other
1: question is, after going through this season, and I don't, you'd have to ask him this personally, and it's not me openly speculating on it, Mm -hmm. just watching him on the bench, like, I know that you could make the joke that he always does, but he looks, Daryl Sutter looks miserable. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it? does he does he look like he's having any fun doing this? Is this, I, I don't know. I mean, does he want to continue to do this, I think is a fair question
0: to ask. But do you think he's had that much of a change of heart in the last year or so after signing that big extension?
1: I don't know. I think this season has taken a lot out of everyone involved. It has, ch- it has taken a bite or a chunk out of everyone that's been connected to this
0: team. Uh, the, the more we talk about this, and I know you've mentioned this with us uh, a couple months ago, Him being the general manager, is that maybe closer to reality or further away than when you kind of floated that to us a couple months ago?
1: I think it's further away. I think um, there's been, I think the thought process from Flames' ownership, and again, not speaking for them, this is just the way I've heard it characterized, is that Daryl Sutter is one of the best coaches in the NHL, but he was one of the worst GMs. And I think that was, I feel like they kind of, the sense was they learned their lesson last time around, but I, it's, it's impossible for me to answer. I don't like, there's a lot of things in play here, as you might imagine. No one, everyone's asking me for answers. Like I saw, I, I did a hit with, um, with Pat Steinberg on thir- on Tuesday. And the response or clips that I saw on social media, people were replying. They were like, "Oh, great! So you think changes are coming, but you don't have any names as to who's na- like the people involved. Don't even know what. Like, I can't invent names.
0: Yeah, like this feels like a, a situation where they're kind of playing it as a touch and go little opportunity here. Like, obviously, this season has been a disappointment across the board. I feel like you just kind of got to get to the end and, and reassess, and, and that's almost where the team is at."
1: Well, to to the point that we just had earlier in the conversation, this team could still get in the playoffs. Yeah. No one is sitting here speculating about who's going to be where and what's going to happen outside of us. No one in that room, no one in the front office is saying, hey, you know, these are the changes. We got to talk about these changes for next year. Like, you can do that after this team is done and buried, whenever that is.
0: You know, given some of the things that have happened around Matthew Coronado, do you think the rest of the league was maybe keeping an extra eye on um, what was going on with Matthew Coronado? As he, you know, was the third guy, I guess, from Harvard to sign his entry-level contract, but eventually got it signed and is now with the Flames?
1: No, I don't. I think the message was pretty consistent from the Coronado camp, which was, we're interested, we, we'd like to be a Calgary Flame. Like, there's no. there was never any oh, I, I got to be a New York Ranger. Yeah. Um, any of that talk. He was never, he didn't have his heart set on one team. He didn't uh, feel the need to strong arm anyone. And really, I think the only hesitation was, and it was a minor one at that, talking to people that were close to the situation, is they're asking a lot of the same questions that we're talking about right now. It's, it's great to sign this contract and it, it's super excited to get a shot in the NHL. First off, Uh, Is he going to get a shot in the NHL with this coach this year? Uh, And and maybe too soon of a question to ask, given what we've seen this year and how Daryl Sutter has handled young players. But then the other part of it is, okay, so I'm going to sign this contract on March 26th. Who's going to be in place on July 1? Is it still the same GM? Is it still the same coach? Does it matter? And I think at the end of the day, they determine... This is a player that we'd love to see have a 15-year career. Don't get bogged down in the details of the right here and right now, even if it may be a little awkward.
0: Um, Frank, wanted to ask you quickly uh, about the Edmonton Oilers here, and they could potentially be staring at a tough first-round matchup with the LA Kings. We all know what happened last year, how they went the distance, no Drew Doughty, Kings look really good, all the pressures on the Oilers and get McDavid really deep into the playoffs potentially get to the Stanley Cup final. What would that look like in Edmonton if they lost to the Kings in the first round?
1: That's uh you're really turning up the temperature and I like it. <laughs> These
0: hypotheticals are like next level. Um but it, it, it well, could all be it could all it, come, it, come to fruition in less than a month. It absolutely could. Yeah, I mean,
1: I guess. Uh and look this one is a lot more realistic, I think, than the first one that we talked about. Um I, what would happen in a realistic set? Like, are you talking like bodies on the tarmac?
0: I'm talking that again, to me and uh, people don't like to hear this, but I don't know what the future holds for 97. Uh, If he goes out in the first round and he plays his ass off and he's fantastic and they still lose, how much more of that is he going to take? That's all I'm asking. I don't, I don't, I don't even think it's been on his radar.
1: Honestly, I I really don't. Would it would man. it get there though if they lost again? I don't think so. I think the collection of talent like that they have, and again, as magical as the season has been for you know McDavid, Drysaddle, and now Nugent Hopkins to a lesser extent, even Zach Hyman and the production he's had. Yeah. Um, I I I think it'd be one of those things like this is the randomness of hockey. Like no one is sitting there saying the Kings are an illegitimate team and you can't lose to the Kings. Like that team has been as good as any really since the trade deadline. They barely lost. I think they have one regulation loss since the trade deadline, since making the Gavrikov and Corpusalo deal. So Mm -hmm. is there any shame in losing to them? No. Is there expectations to go way deeper? Yes. And that said, A, it's still possible that Edmonton wins the Pacific and B, I think among those six teams, Mini Dallas, Colorado, Vegas, L.A., and Edmonton, it, I think it's a legitimate coin flip, and there's not a lot separating any of those teams.
0: Who's that team that's locked in the playoffs to you that could be on upset alert in round one? Mm.
1: It, in doing the upsetting or getting upset?
0: Getting upset. Can I give you one while you think about it? God. The Hurricanes. Everyone keeps saying that, but I... Like I don't you know, want to be like the Islanders are that team that will just choke out the game, and if they get there with Sorokin, and if they can just get a little bit of goal scoring, they just feel like a team. Yeah, that, they're
1: hard to play against.
0: Yeah, like, I think they're the worst matchup for the Bruins. Okay, in the first round,
1: because the Bruins power play also stinks. That's the one thing that no one's really talked about is that team's been a juggernaut. Is their power play can't score? Special teams are such a critical part of the playoffs. And you run into Sorokin who's leads the league in shutouts, like he's easily capable of stealing you two of the four wins. I don't know. I I, I guess the Spetsnikov injury changes the equation. Mm-hmm. Frankly, regardless of pretty much whoever they got at this deadline, taking him out of the mix is gonna change any equation. Um I just I'm not sleeping on the canes. Like I just think they're such a consistent team. And they're so hard to play against in their own right. Is it possible? Yes. I just think they're significantly better than the, either of the two wildcard
0: teams, whoever they play. Uh, we saw Philip Heedle sign yesterday. What, what did you make of this contract?
1: Um, it, it was one of those deals that like, you see it come across your inbox and you go, you just like nod your head and you're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it there wasn't it wasn't jarring. Um, I still think in some ways, you know, as good as this year has been hitting twenty goals, hitting forty points, um I think he's still got some climbing to do to get to that number on a consistent basis. Um, and I think there's been some dips in his game that have been a little bit head scratching at times. And I think his line, the kid line, I think is the Rangers X Factor in the playoffs. You know, you've got the high end talent. You don't have a matchup line really if you're the the Rangers. And if you can get the same type of production that you got from the kid line last year, this time around, maybe even a little bit more, they scored twenty percent of their playoff goals last year as a third line. That's a lot. Um, I think the Rangers are gonna be in good shape.
0: Um, Frank, before I let you go, um we've we've touched on a lot of topics well, we've done a lot of hypotheticals. Um, who are you picking to win the masters in a week and a half?
1: Uh, ask me next Thursday.
0: Okay. okay before the first players. Okay, you want to really dive into the numbers, the analytics, um yes. the past. Who do you who would you like to see win? Rory to complete the career grand slam? Tony Sinow. Oh good guy. I'm Tony Sinow Tony guy. He's so hard to not like. Yeah. Family man and especially how he popped his ankle back in or so ring contest. Gross. Yeah. So disgusting. How embarrassing. But also awesome at the same Little, time how we just, just popped it back in.
1: No, it, uh, it makes me it, like my all the hairs on my arm just stood
0: up Yeah, you said You're not a Patrick Canlay guy with all that personality out there? <laughs> I'm
1: I'm definitely not a Brooks Kepger guy
0: either after okay. watching the show. Yeah. How um, about uh an Aaron got, and you had Cone at the game the other day? Yeah, game? what so about I've that? Watched. What a clown. What about Cam Smith? Uh, He's lurking. He's really good there.
1: He feels like a lurker in general. Yes, 100%. He's
0: also a major champion. 100%. He looks like a lurker, man. You're like, you live in your van for sure, don't you? and you're really good at golf.
1: Away from school zones.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, He hustles hustles guys at the driving range with that greasy mullet. Oh, yeah. Um, Frank, terrific stuff as usual. Thanks for this, pal. We'll talk to you Mm -hmm. next week, and I'm looking forward to your master's pick.
1: All right, have a good one, guys. All
0: right, see so, ya yeah, there's uh Frank Servali, sports at nine sixty NHL insider brought to you by South Trail Chrysler with inventory shortages across the city. It's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SelfTrail dot com. Interesting stuff. Drive for show, putt for dough. Again, I'm not and I know Frank the thing I'm I'm going down the I was riding the hypothetical train there. We were doing some fun exercise. But I like hype of flames. They're not exercise. that far out here. No, no, like Two points. Yeah. Yeah. And the way the Jets are playing and the Minnesota Wild don't really scare me. Um, sign me up, I'm a Calgary Flames fan. Sign me up for a series against the Golden Knights, the here's, Wild. Here's, I'm in. Here's the thing. I'm in. I don't know if there's any team in the West that scares you the way I'll the Colorado. Sign the Avalanche. No, but even the way that Colorado did last year. Yeah. And even if it's the Avalanche, they don't scare me like they did last year. Like losing Kodri, and who knows what they're going to get from Landiscock. And if he in fact plays. And like, I would argue that I have less faith between the pipes this year than I did last year. Gor- Georgiev? yeah, who's a, a good netminder, but like, and same thing with Kemper. And yeah. like, that looks like that to me is a team that's going to use two goalies in the playoffs. But I think there's a lot of teams that will end up using two yeah. goalies in the playoffs. I would say at least half the teams end up using two goalies in the playoffs. Um, Interesting stuff uh, from Frank Saravali there. All right, um, straight ahead. Brody on the Beat, Canada's number one radio segment. Yep. Uh, The Snow Show. I got it. And uh, we'll talk about uh, gross meat. (laughs) You keep teasing this, and I'm, like, really gross. Okay, I don't know if I'm excited for this, but... (laughs) Uh, It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960.
1: Enjoy enjoy your meat.
0: Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Gotta hit that post, baby. Coming up on Sportsnet 960, the fan. We got tickets to give away. Gift cards as well. Call in with your most zany time that you were in a car. Zany. Um, coming up, the best segment in Canadian radio, Brody on the beat. We're straight, believe it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the truth. Um, the snow show, my favorite segment of the week. I love the snow show. Because you shred, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we're gonna talk about um, really. Did gross you ever skateboard. do any alpine sports? I've been skiing once, and I really enjoyed it. Did you? I should go again, especially because where I live now, yeah, we got mountains here. It's... I I see that. Yeah, noticed. Not hills. This is not the time to like be like start. Okay. because then you're gonna get into it, and then the season's gonna end. Okay, no, but here's here's, okay, here's the thing I'm a little worried about. Okay, I'm worried that at this point in my life, if I try to learn to ski, maybe I'm gonna get terribly injured. Yeah, I think Honestly. this is uh this See? And you're like, yeah, like yeah. Yeah, dude, you get really hurt. Oh, yeah, I, oh, I yeah. know. Like those those mountains are high. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're steep and rocky and there's yeah. trees and other trees. people and stuff. You do to have to wear char- a helmet. Carries you up. You have to wear a I have to I'd wear a helmet. I don't want to suffer brain injury. No, the Traumatic Terrible. brain injuries are no good. No. No. Yeah, it's it's a it's an ordeal. But like it's fun it's still fun yeah like, i know here's it is the thing every time that i'm like i think i would get hurt then i remember cuz like it, i skied for like almost my entire youth i i wouldn't ski like i used to i would be a lot more conservative so i think be. i would be able to stay healthy yeah i'm not... i used to shred bro yeah, yeah i'm not going down the double black diamond i'm going down the bunny hill at this but, point in my life checking out the uh the old half pipe maybe yeah, a no of, yeah no little big kickers no Doing, Not doing that. Uh, nose grind. Yeah. Braille. Uh, little board slide. Like, I've never even been snowboarding. I've only been skiing. Mm. Mm. Did a little bit of both. Okay. No preference either way. Again, I... will get I, you out. I want to do it. I like, just... I'm yes. afraid of getting terribly injured. If you just wait for the snow show, I'll tell you about all these great mountains... And I can't wait. ...and got coming up on the weekend. I love it. Uh, I'm also going to talk about a really gross meatball. Um, hmm Also, nine sixty nine sixty. Getting some interesting texts about this... Uh, we'll do this to wrap up the show because we're talking to uh, David Amber at the top of the next hour on the National Hockey League. Get his take on the Calgary Flames and how they're just breathing down the necks, the Winnipeg Jets. They're like right behind him going, hey. right on their neck. Hey, you feel me, Winnipeg? Hey, we're right here. I'm whispering in your ear. I saw it was uh, the Simpsons meme of Homer chasing the Flanders vehicle. Yeah. The, yeah, like this. the Terminator. Come on. Yeah. Ben Wagner, the voice of the Blue Jays on the Sportsnet Radio Network, going to join us at eight thirty. Taking your text messages at nine sixty nine sixty. What's your sense on the Blue Jays? How invested are you on the Blue Jays? Love to hear from you nine sixty nine sixty. Also, uh, we have a voicemail line. Yeah, give us a shout three four zero seven zero two three eight or four zero three forty seventy bet is the easiest way. Forty Just, seventy bet, yeah, four zero three forty seventy bet and. I bet you will play it, crickets. Please, yeah, you gotta have that one ready, crickets. Cricket. I bet you will play it. Thank you. Uh, but right now, like it's probably the best time of the week in all of our lives. Uh, Brody on the beat, where our technical director, the fine young man that he is, Alex Brody, braves the streets of Calgary, the mean streets of Calgary, and uh, he asks uh, just random randos just. Alex is out there with his little Sportsnet 960, the fan microphone. Hey, you got to pulse and a smile. He yep. might stick that microphone right in your face. Do you wear the hat? Do you wear the 960 hat while you're out there, too? Do you really get geared up? Do you wear, wear all your merch? This was the first week I didn't wear the hat, actually. No, I think you should get a Sportsnet 960 sandwich board and wear it while you do brony on yeah. the beach. Yeah. I i would be flipping that thing. Get you, a, flipping get you a bell like a town fryer? Yeah. Here's you fryer or crier? Is it Friar or Cryer? No, it's a Cryer. Fr- What's I thought, a town Friar? I don't know. I thought it was I was looking like Friar John from like Robin Hood. Yeah, okay. That, that's, that's Friar cool. John. Isn't it Friar Tuck? I don't know. Well, okay. I think there's also a Friar John. Hey, I will say this, uh, Patrick. Usually you're good at those types of things. You're like Maddie and his mommy LeBlanc earlier in the show. Do we have that by the way, Alex? I, I have not. I wrote the time. I'm sorry. I don't, uh, don't have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Friar John is from Romeo and Juliet. That's it. Uh the other friar was from Robin Hood, Friar Tuck. Wow. Tuck, yeah, yeah town crier. Oh. I was sense the one that, now. Yeah, Let's town see. crier. Some sort of marmot. Yeah. when he was in the animated sure. version. Um, <laughs> Alex, uh, you were on the uh, the mean streets of Calgary yesterday. What did you ask uh, random strangers? So I I
1: asked basically if you could teach Matt Matt Coronado one thing about
0: Calgary, what would it be? And pretty wise. And yeah. William Stronggren. Not oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah! Pretty good topic, Alex. I like that you uh got came up with that. I really like oh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Let Let's hear Brody on the beat for Thursday. Let's do it. Gets me every time. It's so good. He's on Brody on the beat.
1: If you could teach Matt Coronado one thing about this beautiful city of Calgary, what would it be? Um, don't lose you in the playoffs. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Um, it's a beautiful city. Um, but you gotta be prepared for four weathers. There are four four different uh, seasons of weather in one day. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest one. Okay, take advantage of everything. I mean, it's a beautiful city. I mean, look around, get active out here. Um, get close with some
0: guys. Get close with some buddies. Build a little community of friends, and you'll find your way uh my advice would be uh to explore the beltline area i mean there's so many different uh different cultures and restaurants and just uh wonderful people like it's uh it's really kind of where the heart of the city is so uh definitely you know uh, go down you know the uh this, the uh, not the the typical uh, beaten uh, trail and you know just kind of get off grid and find uh find some of those hidden gems and uh yeah. Beltline. It's all i want to know is
1: if you could teach matt coronado one thing about the city of calgary what would it be Oh, I don't even know. Uh, flames fans here! are great and he's gonna love it here and Flames are gonna be good for a while.
0: Okay, come down to Stephen Ave, it's f-ing glorious. It's freaking glorious. I don't know if I can swear or not, can I? You can, you can swear all you want, don't worry. Amazing. Well, come on down to Stephen Ave, it's f-ing glorious. But... <laughs> I think it's very friendly. I think the people are, are always smiling and ready to help. So it's easy to get around. And um, I also think it's very beautiful. Uh, you know, I mean, you're known for our uh, cowboy goodness, our uh, cowboy hats,
1: stampede always hits, good beers, good times, can't go wrong. What's kind of one, like, tip or trick of the trade that you would give him to just adapting to life here and living here in
0: the city? Oh, I'm hardly adapted. I've been here my whole life. Uh, stay agile. It's a good time. Fame pro Be agile. agile. Be <laughs> agile. <laughs> what the? Hey, again, the, the one thing I, don't I don't feel- got, well, guys. The other thing I got is just uh what we learned today is just uh stay close to some guys and you'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> stay close to your guys and <laughs> keep You'd be on fine some friend. You'll be fine. Did anybody have any actual recommendation in there? Nope. No. There was no, not. I said get, you know, get down to the belt line. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so general. That's even like, that's like hey, just make sure you no. visit the downtown core. Like come on. Come to this area. There's no. things. I liked it. And nobody Uh said mountains. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody said the damn Rocky Mountain. Nobody (laughs) said you have to (laughs) car an hour away. Now, I, so I wanted to run an idea by you guys because I like, I like to brainstorm while we do stuff on the radio. I was thinking about this yesterday. So if, if, and when I'm even going to put the when, if, and when the flames get to the Stanley cup playoffs. Oh yeah. Put the when. Should we send Brody on the beat the day after a game day? Oh yeah, and do multiple Brody on the beat. Well, because the it's week? playoffs. Yeah, because it's the playoffs. Yeah, and everybody's got to be on their toes. And get and get like um, people from Calgary their opinion on the night the, the night before the how breakdown. it went for the Calgary. Yes, yes. yes. Like what do that. you think about that, Alex? Oh, I love that. I'd even be down to yeah hit up the Red Mile. You know, I I live right by it, so mm. there's a lot of opportunity. Red Lot. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, they bring or maybe up. we yeah. do it live where we send you out during the morning. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. you we haven't done a live Brody on the Beat in a while. Those were yeah. fun. Well, because you, you get shot down. on, oh. nice, so great. Yeah. It's the real inside luck to how Brody on the Beat goes. Yeah, a lot of no's. You get to really feel the, yeah, the disappointment. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> no's. Um, do you want to do the snow show now? I can do the snow show. now. Yeah, let's do the snow show now, and then if we have time, we'll talk about a gross meatball. <laughs> I might drag the snow show. Um, The Snow Show is brought to you by Ski West, Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff. Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington Airport location today or head to skiwest.ca. Let's start with Sunshine Village, 63-inch pack powder base. 134 of their 145 trails are open. All of their lifts are open. And how about this on the weekend? PBR sessions with the new schoolers. This goes March 31st to April 2nd. It's an open free ski jam with five grand available in pricing check out the website for more details that one going down at sunshine add to kiska 29 inch machine groomed a base 65 of 75 uh, of their trails are currently open with four of their six lifts at mountain norquay it is pride ski day tomorrow their first annual pride ski day tons of details on the website if that is something that is going to be up your alley 48 inches of packed powder base at mount norquay all of their trails are open and all of their lifts at marmot basin 46 inch machine groomed base 91 to 91 trails are open and all seven of their lifts also kicking it right now out at lake louise they have a 43 to 55 inch packed powder base 132 to 164 trails are open and all 11 of their lifts. Also, this weekend, a couple of events. You can learn about a day in the life of a ski patroller. Uh, This one is actually sold out, but you're going to want to look for details, see if there might be a last-minute spot that opens up for that, and keep your eyes open for the future events. It's also the Temple Lodge Takeover at Lake Louise. That's on the backside of the mountain. They've been doing this past few weekends. It's an awesome party. Uh, Go check out the Temple Lodge. Castle Mountain, 31 to 78 inches of packed powder on the base. 94 trails are open, that's all of them, and five of their six lifts. And you know they've got all the events going this weekend. Live music in the T-Bar Friday night. It's Western Day on Saturday, so make sure you're rocking your best cowboy attire. Plus, it's the Beats in the Bass Spring Concert Series all weekend long. Going to be a fun time out at Castle Mountain. That is the snow show. It's brought to you by Ski West, with Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff. Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or Airport location today, or head to skiwest.ca. Great job, Maddie. Thanks, bud. Love that uh, snow show. Um, I've been teasing about a gross meatball all day. Here we go. Uh, A giant meatball, Maddie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we have any meatball music, um, Alex? Can what I get that odd, immediately? What an odd request. Immediately. I need meatball music. What immediately. Is meatball music. You're the op. <laughs> I need it immediately. Dumas helped me out. Here. Okay. Uh, a giant meatball made from flesh cultivated using the DNA of an extinct woolly mammoth was unveiled on Tuesday, thank you, at the Nemo, a science museum in the Netherlands. The meatball was created by an Australian cultured meat company, Vow, which promises it's not an April Fool's joke. They wanted to get people talking about cultured meat, calling it a more sustainable alternative to real meat. Quote, it's a protein that's literally 4,000 years old. We haven't seen it in a very long time. That means we want to put it through rigorous tests, something that we would do any product we bring to the market. The meatball apparently stinks like crocodile meat and is not currently for consumption. Oh. Would you take a bite out of that gross woolly mammoth meatball, Matty Rose? It tastes like crocodile meat. For, uh, what do I get? Do I just get to taste the meatball? Because if that's the prize, it's Yeah, it's that meatball. Nope. Of a woolly mammoth. Nope. Patrick, what other extinct animals would you like to taste the meat of? Dodo. Okay. You didn't hesitate. Yeah, no, no. I don't know. I don't know how many more extinct animals I know. Can I get my T Rex medium rare, please? Yeah. As you bring it over to me. And it's literally the same you know in the movie Jurassic Park, how in the original one they had like the little um mosquito that took the blood out of the dinosaur, yeah. and that's how that they made the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is essentially the same idea that they have and they just... DNA from a woolly mammoth from four thousand years ago, and they made meat that woolly mammoth would taste like. So they grew the meat. Like by like, what putting it in like twelve hours of sun, watering it. Yeah, it's it's a big process, but yes, uh, they they grew it like a plant, pretty much. And it's uh, it's a meat based product, tasting the way four thousand year old big chunk of woolly mammoth. I'm out. It I'm looks out. super gross too. In my hands, and I'm out. It's like a giant, like basketball shaped oh, ball too. What? No, a it's woolly fine. mammoth. No, uh, we done. can we can we can pot down this music too. I also got one more food Why thing. Was, how is that meatball music? I was literally not... searched meatball. Um and that was the name of the song. Maddie, the real question is you should have asked, how wasn't that meatball music? That's a great point. Um so the Texas Rangers uh might have a good year. Not sure they got Jacob DeGrom, which is kinda fun. Hey, I, yeah. I got him in my fantasy pool yesterday. There you go. Um apparently uh everything's bigger in Texas like it usually is. Excuse now listen to this thing. They have a burger called the Boomstick Burger. Yeah. It's a two-foot-long hamburger. Two-foot-long hamburger. What? <laughs> so listen to this back. in Texas. Two-foot oh. burger topped with chili, cheese, jalapenos, and onion rings. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, How much did that set you back? $34.99. You know what? Not as much as I thought. Not exactly. nearly as much as I thought. The boomstick? Yeah, that's what it's called. I mean, up here it probably cost you fifty. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It's probably a bazillion calories, but I would definitely jam that down my skull cave. <laughs> Maddie, would you would you be into that? How much of the two foot burger you think you could eat? I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit all that <laughs> boomstick burger in my mouth cave, but um, I'd give it a try. Like, they've got the chili on it. Oh, man, it looks really good. Yeah, it does look good. And they also have other you things. It so terrible. Also, like, this is, my, this is my problem with some of these, like... Ballpark foods? Ballpark foods that are just so preposterous. I'm like, this is going to be all over me. Like, I'm going to look like a three-year-old yeah. at a family dinner, just, like, wearing it all over my face and all over my clothes, and I'm going to... My beer can is going to be a mess because I'm going to... Be washing this thing down with my beer, and I'm going to be, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be f- a filthy, disgusting mess. Here's some better things that taste better than a 4,000-year-old gross woolly mammoth meatball. <laughs> um, They have the pizza dog, which is self-explanatory. It's a hot dog that's covered in pizza toppings. Sure. Tomato sauce. Yeah, like, the pizza sub at Subway is one of my favorite. This favorites. is at the Texas Rangers games. This also sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. The brisket croissant. Brisket croissant. Yeah. It's brith- Anything with a, a croissant. croissant is just amazing. Yep. I could get on board, but once again, like... Drizzled a- with the barbecue sauce, too? Is there a greasier bread than a croissant? No, and that's why it's delicious. And finally... But like I, would, th- I would like these in a restaurant, not when I have to sit in the ballpark. I would totally try this, too. Um, The Flaming Hot Cheetos Pretzel. So it's a soft oh, pretzel get in. coated in Flaming Hot Cheetos. Yum. Yeah, that's that what I'm talking good. about. So that one, they probably just do a little bit of an oil dust and then yeah. just... Right in the now, crumbs. What is, is good. what is the most ballparky food down at the dome? Is there one something even remotely close to this? I don't know. At the Bandit Peak Brewing uh, stand, I yep. know that they also have some craft nachos. Okay, so like different types of nachos that have like different themes to them and stuff like that that aren't just like your standard, you know nuclear cheese salsa and pickled jalapenos okay which, don't get me wrong love those nachos as well yeah but that's one that comes to mind the pocket dog is kind of the staple yeah. but it's nothing like some of the stuff you see in the u.s where yeah. you're like oh, like the balsa dog they also have a test kitchen which kind of changes from time to time and i don't know what it is right now but hmm. that might be a place where you can find kind of preposterous stuff like that uh baseball season kicks off today we'd love to hear from you on the text line 960, 960 name and location how invested are you In the Toronto Blue Jays, 960-960 name and location. We'll do some of those after we talk to Ben Wagner at 830. But straight ahead, David Amber from the NHL on Sportsnet. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan.